Beyond my fall. 
One, two. Amen. Thank you, my brother, for that song. A powerful reminder that God is able to look beyond our faults and he sees our need. Imagine if we as a church was able to do that. Look past people's faults and their blemishes and their scars and hurts and pains and dress codes and earrings and everything else. Get past that outer layer and see the need in their heart. Imagine what would happen to people if they were able to walk through these doors and feel the love of God just surround them. Regardless of where they're coming from, whether it's a strip or the highway, there's a place that they can go to that they can feel welcome. Haven't we all experienced that in some way, shape, or form? Haven't we all? Because I know there are times in our lives that God has to come and scrape us from some gutter someplace. Pick us up and carry us and clean us up so couldn't even clean our own selves. But God was able to clean us up. Now, so you see us today and we look good. Truth of the matter is when you look back, we've come from a mighty long way. Don't forget where you've come from. Don't forget those who you've left behind. They want to get in too. They're hoping to get in. God bless you. Good night, everyone. I'm feeling good, but my voice is saying something else. So I'm going to rebuke it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I've been trying to speak low all day. Hey, what's going on, man? There's a trick, you know, if you speak low, you save your voice. It's a trick. But I'm happy to see each of you here tonight. We've had a good time this week. What do you say? Amen. We had some very interesting sermons last night. We talked about delayed but not denied. The power of God and the power of prayer. Tonight's subject matter, we're going to talk about playing with fire. You're likely to get burned. Playing with fire, you're likely to get burned. But before we get started, Sister Maya coming up. I must say, this sister has been working all week. Amen? I got to make sure I reward her at the end of this week. <laughs> okay. Now, before, so for some of you who don't know, folks have been t sending their questions to Maya so they can ask me. Okay. Go ahead, my sister. Since we are saved by grace, why do I need to join or attend church or pay tithes? Woo! <laughs> My first response was, who was that? I want to meet him. <laughs> but it's a good question. Since we've been saved, the Bible declares that we should not forsake the assembling of the brethren. Why is that critical? Because as social human beings, we desire fellowship. We need fellowship. We do. Now, here's an interesting contrast. I remember back in the day that we used to Churches used to not even, I mean, they used to blast the movie theaters like it was nobody's business. And I thought that was a problem because I couldn't understand why we blasted movie theaters, but we had cable at home. I'm going to touch it. I'm going to touch it. It didn't make any sense. As a matter of fact, I had greater respect for the movie theater because guess what? You always found people on time 
at the movie theater. And number two, they made sure they got their offering before you walked in. But to answer to Maya's question, why do I have to give tithe? But the Bible declares all that he has given us, all he requires is 10%. The 10% is an act of your faith, trusting God. When you can't return a 10%, that means you're not willing to trust God. That's why we return a faith back, the 10% back to him. And in returning that 10%, he's given us 90% to do with what we want to do with. But that 10% is his, his first fruit. And the Bible declares, if you try me, prove me, challenge me, and see not if I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, you won't have any room to receive it. Try him. There's no one like him. Next question. Um, I am a good person. I have helped and still help people, even those that, that even those people that don't, that, wait, even those that people don't like. I attend church and pay offerings when I can afford it. I admit I gamble sometimes, but if anybody go, but if anybody should go to heaven, I should go. I don't. Was that a question? <laughs> I'm not sure which part of it was the question. Well, I'm going to infer that they're saying all those things that they should be able to make it to heaven. Based on all the things that they're doing. Good works are great, but it's not enough. We can always do good. That's great. It's an attribute and a, a, and, and a, actually a character piece that comes out as, as we Christians. We're able to share the love of God by doing good to others. Truth of the matter is, that's a conversation between you and God. I can't tell you if you're going to make it into heaven or not. Because I don't know where your heart is and I can't read your heart. If you are earnestly seeking God, I can tell you this, that you won't be the only person who's probably gambling at times. And you won't be the only person who's probably sinning at times. Sin is sin. Amen? Sin is sin. Sometimes we try to create different degrees of sin and this sin is worse than that sin. Sin is sin. That's it. And so I would encourage you to seek God. Seek him about that. If it's an addiction, ask him to deliver you. And if you're doing good, then instead of gambling the money, take the money and do good with it even further on. Let that, let that develop and finance your ministry. Simple thought. Yes, ma'am. Oh, how can I prepare myself to stay faithful when it will be against the law to worship? One more time. How can I prepare myself to stay faithful when it, when it will be against the law to worship? It's an interesting question. How can I prepare myself to stay faithful when in time to come it will be against the law to worship? That's what she's asking. And the time will come when you won't be able to worship God anymore. How can I remain faithful? 
the trick is you have to practice your faithfulness now so when that time comes you can ride through that period don't wait till then I remember when I was younger I used to say man what if I just left the church had a little time in the world and then I know what the scripture says so I can just come back in just before prophecy gets fulfilled but we talked about what happened when you sleep to edge of the bed right there's a possibility you may have a falling over so what I would encourage this, this person practice your faithfulness now prophecy is going to come through so get ready by practicing your faithfulness so when the time comes and they say to you are you willing to worship and bow down you will say no you'll be resolute about it unchanging unwavering so practice it now yes ma'am okay now that we have a new jesuit pope does it seem that the world is wandering wandering after the beast wow who was that <laughs> my lord what a question <laughs> now that we have a new pope does it seem that the world is wandering after the beast now we're talking about the mark of the beast right okay and let me just say this first of all if you're not in Christ if you're not in Christ then you're on the other side first and foremost so I've got to say that because you know as Adventists we grew up at times talking about you know the papacy and the Antichrist the Antichrist isn't just who we think it is to be the Pope the Antichrist is anybody who is not with Christ do you understand that so now that we have a new Pope I can tell you this watch and see what happens because I can't predict the future people are amazed yes but let's see what happens let's see what role he plays he's a Jesuit priest if you know anything about history it's very interesting but let's wait and see what happens yes ma'am as a parent how do you feel about children sleeping in church and how do you handle it that's a good question how do you feel about your children sleeping in church so to the parents, do the parents sleep? Okay, so tonight, we're going to pay attention to who's sleeping tonight. I'm going to do spot checks every now and then. We're going to take a look. Anybody sleeping yet? The truth of the matter is, you know, the truth is told that many times when we come to church, the devil fans us to sleep so we can miss what's happening. But not only that, as a parent, if you understand that this thing called the gospel and worship is so critical, then it is upon you to ensure your child receives it. If you refuse to not do anything about it, that's a whole other issue. I would encourage you, wake them up. Create leverage points. Stay awake in church today. We're going to talk about what your rewards will be later on this evening or tomorrow or this week. Create leverage. Have leverage. Because I promise you if they went to a movie, they probably wouldn't sleep. If they're home watching TV, they probably wouldn't sleep. 
they probably wouldn't sleep. But it also says something for us as well. We can't have boring services. You thought I'm going to go only one way, huh? Now I'm going to go both ways on this one. We have to also make our services engaging for our young people to be part of it and to learn it as well. Truth be told, let's be honest, let's, let's be real about that. Let's make it engaging. Amen? That's it. Amen. Put your hands together for this young lady, please. If you'd be so kind to stand over this broom, stand to your feet, please. If you'd be so kind, let's go to the screen. So we can read this together. I am. I am a child created. This makes me unique and special. I am destined. I will choose to take responsibility for my actions. When faced with adversity, I must not give up. When I can't find my faith in God, we will make a way. Make it, may my Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, dear God, for this day of work, of rest. For those who were able to eat today, we thank you. For those who you granted traveling mercies, we thank you. Not as we are about to enter into your word, I pray to God that your Holy Spirit will move, guide, and direct my tongue. May only what you need to be said is said. Father, we thank you so much for your loving kindness and your compassion and your grace towards us that you extend mercy to us every day. So, Father, hear my prayer right now. Mold me and shape me after your will. You hear my prayer. Amen. Amen. Be seated. Playing with fire, something is likely to get burned. Coming from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, if you'd be so kind. To turn your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. The book of Isaiah, chapter 43. And we're going to read from verse, only verse 2. But I'm going to ask the congregation to read it tonight. And if it's not too much to ask you, would you mind standing as we read the word of God? Please, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. Let us go. When thou, I will be with thee. And through the, when thou walkest through the, thou shalt not be. Amen, amen, amen. Be seated, please. Playing with fire, something is likely to get burned. It is a powerful thing to know that the promises of God still stand today. These words may have been written thousands of years ago, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Young people, take a moment here and fa let's fasten our gaze from whence humanity has walked. God has always been there. When the earth faced extension with a flood, God was there. When the children of Israel had a red seed across and a desperate army on their tail, God was there. When David had to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God was there. 
when Job lost all that he had and all that was left to do was curse God and die, he raised his eyes towards heaven and spoke within his soul and uttered from his lips, naked I came into this world and naked I leave. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. God was there. Every day we arise to unpredicted weather in our lives. Some days are sunny, others are cloudy. And there are days that are just completely just stormy. There are people who are walking around in Las Vegas in a pit of confusion. Some are walking in the reign of anger and revenge. Still others are falling along the wayside because of the consequences of sin. There are those who are trying to cross rivers of guilt. While others are running from the floods of depression, loneliness, broken dreams, broken homes, and broken relationships. But while the waves may be high and the billows are rolling, all I can tell you this evening is that whatever storm you are facing, you need to get to the rock. The rock that can be a shelter in the time of storm. The rock of ages that allows me to hide myself in the end. That rock is Jesus. This evening I've stopped by to tell you that when you pass through the waters, God says, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Neither shall the flame even kindle upon you. We find this passage carefully lodged in a book written by a common man with an uncommon calling. His name was Isaiah. To understand why he wrote this passage, one must first understand the context. Let's turn to a brief snapshot in history. During his time, Isaiah served two main kings, Ahaz and Hezekiah. When you read 2 Kings 16, Ahaz became king and did something that was forbidden by God. The Bible declares in verses 2 of 2 Kings chapter 16 that he caused his son to pass through the fire. This was in direct violation to God's command. For in Leviticus 18.21 it states, And thou shalt not let any of thy children pass through the fire to Moloch, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God, for I am the Lord. This was the practice of many parents. They would sacrifice their firstborn to the God of Moloch in order to guarantee blessings and prosperity. Especially during a time of hardship. The children ranged from newborns to the tender age of 12 years old. Now to explain something about Moloch, Moloch was a golden idol constructed in such a way that the head was the identical makeup of a bull with two horns sticking out. From the neck down, it was a human body. And from the abdomen down, it was a furnace made of gold. So what they would do is they would heat up the furnace. And as the furnace got hot, they would then the parents would bring their children to be sacrificed to this idol. They would take the child and the idol would have their arms outstretched in a receiving gesture. And they would place that child in the scorching arms of that idol. As the children would begin to cry and wail out, they would strike up the music and go into a frenzy of crazy worship. That way it would drown out the cries of that child. 
Can you imagine being in that area and smelling the stench of burnt skin and flesh? Just for the hopefulness that the God of Moloch would grant you prosperity in a time of harvest. The question comes to mind. Have we abandoned this practice or is it still present today? We may not be placing our children in gold, heated, scorching hands, yet our children still cry in pain from hands. Hands that are supposed to be disciplined have now become abusive. I had a friend of mine. He would, would share stories when I was in college about when you used to get licks. Can I say that word? Oh, no. It's Las Vegas. Was that... Whippings? Okay, okay. Just making sure. And in an amazing way, he would say that when his dad was drunk, his dad would come home and he knew he had to go running and hide. And one time he was under the bed hiding. And you know those beds in the old days? Them springy, springy beds. Oh, young folk don't know what I'm talking about. That Tempur-Pedic is making it too comfortable for you. And here he was underneath the bed, and his dad came and found him under the bed and began to whoop him while under the bed. I had another friend of mine. We were having a sharing moment in college. And this dude was like, listen, his dad was a preacher. And if he failed to perform a particular chore, say, for example, wash the dishes or take out the garbage, while sleeping, his dad would come in with his hands stretched like Moses and an extension cord in his hand and would whoop his son. It scarred him so much that in college, if I had to wake him up, he would always jump up like this, like he's blocking me. Hands that are supposed to be affirming, now show rejection. Hands that are supposed to be gentle with love, now display hatred and abandonment. Hands that were meant to heal, now take life through abortion. Hands that are to protect and provide, have now become instruments of incest and rape. Sometimes we think it's only our girls who get raped. Studies will tell you over and over, there are more boys who are getting raped more than ever now. Are we aware of whose hands we are allowing our children to play around? Whether you are a single parent or not, we as parents have a responsibility to know where our children are, who they are with, who their friends are, who are the parents of those friends, who are their teachers, their tutors, their coaches, their after-school staff, and their mentors. What happens when your child comes home? Do they walk home alone or are they walking with a crowd? How much do you know? But the buck doesn't stop there. When they go out, who are they going with? Who are the chaperones? And are they of good character? Do we observe how the men of the church are touching our young girls? It has become standard practice, and sometimes I am saddened by our church but anyone who works in this church has to have a background check 
We think it's out there. It's everywhere. Are we as parents igniting little fires of Moloch as we become so self-absorbed about what we want to achieve? Ignoring the fact that our children are suffering from a lack of us? Not only that, but for a spiritual relationship with God? Have your children given their lives to Christ through baptism? If not, they need to be in Bible class studying so they can make an informed decision. Don't hold them back thinking they're too young to come to Jesus. Josiah was how old when he became king? Samuel was out home when he heard the voice of God. Don't even wait for a child to express their interest and desire to know God. Cultivate it. Plant the seed. It is our duty, our sole duty to prepare our children for the life ahead. And you know, if they don't have God, life is going to be rough. It's the same we find in this story how our father invited the fire of Moloch into his home. We find that Ahaz, after living a life not pleasing to God, came to his appointed time and died. Hezekiah, his son, became king. You remember he got sick and, 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 and prayed to God and received an extension on life for 15 years. Well, one day, Isaiah came into the, temp the palace and he saw a host of dignitaries walking around. So he approached Hezekiah and said, who are these people? Well, the king told Isaiah that the king of Babylon heard that he was sick and sent him a letter and a gift. So I invited him over and I was just giving them a tour of my palace. Well, Isaiah prophesied unto Hezekiah saying this, This same nation whom you have allowed in your home, he will come and take all that you have. In addition, they will take your sons and they will be placed in service as eunuchs to serve the king. Sometimes you need to be careful who you invite into your home. Some people may appear like they mean well, but they don't. If there's any place kids should be safe, is at home. Watch this. The Bible said that um, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, God prophesied what was going to happen in Babylon. The passage was written in the future tense predicating a cause and reaction this was not a conditional sentence where if you walk through the fire the water i will be with you the text says that they will walk through the water they will cross rivers and they will walk into fire the significance of these elements are of vital importance do note the passage didn't say when you walk through the sea it wasn't specific as to the type of water one could walk through but quantity Hence, this leads me to believe that the water mentioned here is metaphorical. One thing for sure about water is that it comes in three distinct forms. What are they? Solid, solid, liquid, and gas. Water is transitorical, which means it is constantly changing its shape, thus always impacting the environment. But even water needs a catalyst to change its properties. And the only agent that can affect water so it can transform is fire 
your heat. I just want to let somebody know tonight. Now listen, just as water will forever change its properties, so will life. It will come at you in all shapes, at any time. So when you are crying floods of tears because of a broken heart and disappointment, I'm going to let you know that God is near. Even when the journey of your loved one come to an end and it seems to have just evaporated before your eyes, God assures he will be near. He has promised he will never leave nor forsake. The text continues that when we walk through the fire, we will not be burned, neither will the flames kindle upon us. Here we have Isaiah prophesying that at some point in time in the future, the Israelites will have to walk through fire. Did that happen? Yes. For in the same prophecy, Isaiah told Hezekiah about his son serving in the palace of the Babylonians. It came true in the form of Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. I mean a bad Negro, excuse me. These boys found themselves in a quite a predicament. You know the story. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He built a golden statue. Everyone had to bow down and worship him. And they came to the boys and they said, we ain't bowing. So what you mean you ain't bowing? The music has played. You need to bow. They said, we ain't bowing. The fiery death. And Nebuchadnezzar has a problem because now he's facing folks who are not willing to follow the rules. So he places the, 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 the decree to increase the heat. The fire gets hot. The boys was like, listen, we are not bowing. To answer Maya's question earlier, when you've decided and made up your mind to follow God, once you've made it up in advance, no matter what comes your way, if you really trust in God, nothing can shake your faith. These boys stood there and said, look, if God chooses to deliver us, so be it. If he chooses not to, we still ain't bowing. What you going to do, king? Well, the boys were picked up and thrown into the fire. A sacrificial offering, if you please. But as they fell into everyone's surprise, they fell to the ground, got up, and dusted themselves off from the remaining strands of rope that once delimited them. I looked at this passage and asked, why weren't they consumed? What was it that halted this fire from engulfing these young men? Check this out. What does natural fire do? It takes dense matter composed of different atoms and breaks them apart into simpler elements, usually gases. Have you ever noticed that the flames naturally flicker upward, higher? It is the gases ignited which produce the flame. So, most interestingly enough, firefighters, when they have to fight a forest fire, what they do is they go and they survey the way the, the fire is going, they monitor the wind trajectory range, and they build a perimeter around that fire. 
then what they do is they start another fire to consume whatever's in the way. So when that fire comes, there's nothing to burn. So it dies out. Well, guess what? When they were thrown into the fire, the three Hebrew boys, because they had the fire of God in them, when they walked in, the only thing that could get burned was the ropes on them because the fire in them was more powerful than the fire that was around them. The Hebrew boys knew which fire to mess with. They knew. They learned that it was better to be burned by God than by man. So my question to you tonight is, what fire are you playing with? Is it Moloch's fire or is it God's fire? We need to have his flame burning within us. God promised that he would be with us, but we have to let him be in us. So when we encounter fiery challenges of life, no flames will consume us, neither can we even smell of smoke. How can you get this fire? Very simple. You need to commit your life to Christ. And he has promised that he will never leave you. Nor forsake you. Fire of God. Thou sacred flame. Spirit who in splendor came. Let thy heat my soul refine. Till it glows with love divine. He has given us the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Who will protect and console us, cheer us, and keep us. The song says, oh, for that flame of living fire, which shone so bright in saints of old, which bade their souls to heaven aspire, calm in distress, in danger bold. Anybody want that fire of God tonight? The fire of God that can burn out temptations and the fire of God that will give you faith. The fire of God that can burn out the sins that so easily beset us. That fire, we can possess that fire. And all we have to do is say yes to his will. Yes to his way. I will go where you send me, the Lord. I will do what you tell me to do. Can we sing that song? I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes. You know it? Okay. I will trust you and the base. Stand to your feet, please. I'm done preaching. If you'd be so kind. Trying to get you out of here on time tonight. Do you and obey when your spirit speaks to me? With my whole heart I'll agree. Then my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. I'll say yes. Come on, everybody lift your voice. Ah. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey.
when your spirit then my answer will be yes i'm gonna make a very unique appeal tonight where all the young people like for all the young people to come forward please all the young people Stand right around the altar, facing the congregation, please. for the parents of these young people, the guardians of these young people to come forward, please, to stand in front of them. If there's somebody who doesn't have any guardians and need for the elders or church membership to come forth and represent them, please. Everyone will be accounted for here tonight. Somebody used to cover that young man right there. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm taking this back to the Old Testament days. One, two. Oh, I guess it's not working. I'm taking it back to the Old Testament days. In days of old, it was a practice, a known practice. Not only did parents pray for their children, but they laid hands and blessed them. You would be surprised at the impact that has on a child who receives a blessing from a parent. So, starting from my extreme right, I'm going to pass the mic down. Whoever's represented this young man, I need to come in front of them. Watch, parents. You're going to place your hand on his shoulder and you're going to deposit into him and pronounce a blessing upon his life. Now, for those of you who are church members, I need for you to pray because this is going to be serious. Father in heaven, we pray for blessings upon my brother right here, Lord. Not by my will, but by thy will, Lord. Your will that you would give a blessing in his life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now I need for you to pronounce that blessing. You got to know the name now. You got to say into your life or whatever his name. So what's your name? Brian. 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 Which one? Brian. 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 Okay. Deposit a blessing into his life. Okay. For example, let me give you an example. Lord, we commit Brian to you right now. May you forever guard his feet. Touch his heart. Use him for your ministry. And may he ever live to give you praise. Simple. Amen. Amen. Next. Amen. Stay right there. Courtney. 
deposit a blessing into your life. Dear Lord, please be with my granddaughter. Fill her with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Guide her tongue, guide her mouth closely, Father. Please be with her heart. Soften her heart so that she may reach out to others, Lord. Let her be a light for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Next. Dear Heavenly Father, we bring Tahaya before you this evening. We thank you for the many blessings that you've already deposited in her life. We ask that you just um, increase her faith. We claim that she will be a servant for your glory. We claim victory in her academics. We claim victory over the sins that may beset her. We claim um, her being a seed that will grow into something great for your kingdom. In your son's name I pray, amen. Amen. Our most gracious Father, Lord, I pronounce this blessing on Maya. Father, I just ask that you would anoint her mind, anoint her heart, Lord. I ask that you fill her with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, I ask that as she go through this life, Lord, that she would always have integrity, Father. Lord, continue to bless her and anoint her mind and anoint her words and her action and everything that she does, that it will be an example that she is a child, that she is your child, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, <clears throat> I um, thank you again for this little one, Jaya, that you placed in my life, Father, eight years ago, Father, mm. not even um, knowing, but you know, Heavenly Father, the reason why she is in my life. Now I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would place a blessing upon her, Heavenly Father, and that she would bless the household that she is in, Father, and they would see the light through her, Heavenly Father. So I pray that she would uh, continue to um, give praises unto you, Lord, and bless her in her school, and um, just be a light wherever she goes. Continue to bless her soul. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Father God, Lord, I pray for a blessing upon Cayenne, Lord, my grandson, Lord, I ask, Lord, that you will anoint him, Lord, with your Holy Spirit, dear God. May you lead, guide, and direct him, Father. I pray that he will grow in you, dear Lord, as he grows. Dear Father, I thank you for him, and I pray that you will continue to guide him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, as you have blessed the women in the Bible, Lord, I pray that your blessing will be upon my dear daughter, Crystal, that your anointing will be upon her. Guide her, Lord, from this time forth and forevermore, we pray in Jesus' name. Father, Lord, I bestow a blessing upon my nephew, Jaden, through you, Lord. Please continue to give him courage and strength, Lord. Let him turn his back on the world when it's not popular, Lord, to, to love you, Lord. Thank you for the ability for him to stand apart from others, Lord. Thank you for letting him be able to recite scriptures to his friends when it's not popular, Lord. 
Thank you for his will and his desire that you instilled in him through the Holy Spirit, Lord. Let him know that you're his father and you will always love him and never forsake him, Lord. And we all love you and thank you for the gift of him as his life, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Our Father which art in heaven, I pray you, Lord, tonight, instead of Abigail and Daniel, to divest of their life forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Dear Lord, just as I gave her to you when she was still in my womb, I give her to you again tonight, Lord. I hold Jillian up before you, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, for her. I thank you for her course as she's walking uh, in, your, in your way right now, dear God. I ask, that, I ask that you would bless her with the blessing that she stands in the need of. I don't know, Lord, what to ask for, but I just trust her into your hands as I did. 19 years ago, Lord, and I see that she's walking in your way, Lord. I just ask that you would strengthen her the more, that you would give her all of those things that she deserves and that she desires. Lord, that people would know that you are ever present in her life. Please make her a, a beacon and a light that others will see you in her. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray and bestow this blessing. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father. Please let Sophia commit her life to you all the days that you ordained for her to have on this earth. Let her serve you wholeheartedly, Heavenly Father. That should be a blessing to you and to others, Heavenly Father. Amen. Amen. Blessed art thou, Lord God, King of the universe. As we come before you tonight, such a time as this, Lord, I pronounce a blessing upon Ashley tonight. I pray, O oh Lord, that you'll bless her going in and coming out. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would always have its fullness within her. I pray, O oh Lord, that you be all that you call her to be as a woman of God for your name's honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And then, Heavenly Father, I just want to bless DeMarco tonight. I pray also that you bless him going in and coming out, O oh God that you continue to grow him in the fear and nurture of you, that you be the man you call him to want him to be for your name's honor and glory. Then, Lord, I pronounce a blessing upon them in their marriage, O oh Lord God, that this marriage would be heavenly bound, and, Lord, when everything has been said, that uh, they would too will be caught up together with you in heaven. When Jesus come back, this is my blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Most worship, Father, I come into at this moment, Lord, to ask you, Lord, please. And what now, Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, please clean my mind, my heart, remove everything is wrong in my life, so my prayer will be work for my son. And I'm asking you, Lord, I bring my son to you, Isaiah, may son, Lord. Most precious, Father, you give him to me, Lord, and I know I'm there to watch him, but you must, you the higher watch over him, Lord. And I'm asking you, Lord, please bless him for me. Touch his life for me, Lord. Let him know you in control, Lord. Whatever he go, whatever he do, Lord. So he will know you are alive. You are control his life, Lord. 
Please touch him more than ever for me. Let Holy Spirit inside his heart, Lord. So he will know, Lord, whatever he go, Lord, you will be with him. Holy Spirit, keep him safe for me, Lord. And also not only him, all the rest of my children, Lord. And also teach me how to be most better mother, Lord. How to be kind, be patient, be loving to them, Lord. Because that I know many times, and my patience sometimes, it just, I don't have it, Lord. But Lord, I know. You could put patience, you can give it to me, you can touch me, make me a better mother, not only for him, Lord, all the children at the church, the young one, Lord, please let the family be kind, be patient, and stand, Lord. Because sometimes, Lord, what we do destroy our children's life, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, please touch our life. Let that be the life for those kids, Lord. Let what we do, Lord, don't destroy the children's life, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, please walk with me, Lord. Show me the way to be kind, Lord. Show me the way, Lord, whatever I may be, go, Lord. When I put my foot, I will put in your footstep, Lord. Please, Lord, bless our church, Pastor, Lord. Help, help him, Lord, his family. Bless each one of us, Lord, with the family. Either those ones don't have children, Lord, but you know, somehow, somewhere, they are family somewhere, Lord. Father, please, and Holy Spirit, keep us safe, Lord. And we are in the last day, Lord, and I ask you protect us, protect us, Lord, the young people. You know so many things been happening outside, Lord. And sometimes we try, Lord, but devil so busy. Lord, but Lord, we have to protect those kids. Whatever, only thing we know to do bring those kids to you. Get on our knees every second. We need to stay close to you every second. We need to call you, Lord. We don't have no other one to call but you, Lord. Especially my son, Lord, I'm bringing him to you, Lord. Please keep him safe for me, Lord. Keep him safe for me. And my blessing go to him, Lord. Please, you will listen when I say things. Sometimes the young people. They don't listen. They think we don't know what we're talking about, Lord. But, Lord, we know. We fall down wrong way, wrong thing, Lord. We don't want them to make mistake, Lord. Please open his mind for me, Lord. Open my son's mind for me. Please put your Holy Spirit inside his heart, inside his mind. Lord, he will know, Lord, you are his father. You are his owner, Lord. I'm just there to watch over him, Lord. And I ask you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for blessing you put on him for me. For today and forever and ever in Jesus' name. Amen. There are folks who are here right now whose kids may not be here. If your children aren't here, raise your hand wherever you are and stand in the gap for them right now. Lord, right now you see their hands that have been raised. There are children whose these parents love dearly. They find you giving them to these parents. I pray a blessing of protection. I pray a blessing of peace. I pray a blessing of deliverance from whatever it is that may be setting them. Lord, give these parents wisdom to lead, guide, and direct. And after all is said and done, dear God, may they be able to enter into your kingdom. In your name I pray. Amen. Just before we leave, I want to ask my young people one question. Who's here not baptized? Who hasn't given their life to Christ through baptism? One. Anyone else? Anyone else? Two. Three. Who else? Who else? 